Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Here we will delicately and tactfully walk through each psychological issue. Psych! This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. This is not intended as individual, psychological, or medical advice. Please proceed at your own risk and always defer to your individual medical or mental health care team. Basically, don't make it weird, guys. Right. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shit Your Shrink Thanks. Shit your drink, thanks. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> Bienvenue. <laughs> welcome Willkommen zu dem Biblioteca. <laughs> I think I mixed German and Spanish. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's a mixture. Yeah. The, the Biblioteca makes me think of like Hocus Pocus when they like, <laughs> oh, yeah. they have like the Spanish coming and they're like walk into the... The flame, yeah. yeah, yeah. Welcome to the biblioteca. I told my uh, partner I was going to take him to the discoteca the other day. I'm, like winked at him. We were like exercising, Ooh. and he was like doing some pelvic thrusts. I was like, I gotta take you to the discoteca, and he was like, Oh God, Jesus Christ, <laughs> please stop. <laughs> I like basically, I basically look like Mr. Bean when I'm hitting on people. Like I'm like, Ooh, raising my eyebrows. Dude, me too. I am the worst. <laughs> I think I'm. I'm good at flirting when I'm not actually intentionally flirting, but mm. when I'm trying to flirt, I am the weirdest. Gets a little clunky. Little, yeah, it's very clunky. Like, I'll just walk up to Seth and start wiggling my butt at him like a, <laughs> like a hamster, and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> okay, wait. Break me off a piece. Like, give me, give me your best pickup line. Give me your oh. best, like flirt mode no i don't know if i can do that i have a pickup line i can think of but i don't use pickup lines all right pick me up what's okay. going on you look like a parking ticket why girl because you got fine written all over you <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay one time i'm not going to disclose a lot about this event because it's kind of embarrassing but one time i had a crush on a certain professor i will oh. not say i i had a i had a th- i had a thing it was back 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 in the day and this guy had a um was he at least a young professor so it was kind of like a similar age range oh yeah okay. i mean yeah it okay. wasn't like i mean he wasn't 70 although <laughs> you know whatever hey, like yeah, different strokes for different folks he was like a very awkward my type is very awkward <laughs> and and uncomfortable and he was like yeah let's do well, let's say it was statistics. We're going to do statistics today. And he was like, oh, man, I, I used to have these like really good statistic pickup lines, but I don't have any anymore. And he was like this Southern kind of man. Oh, he had a draw. He had a draw. Okay. Yeah. I it, get it. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I was powerless. I was powerless, powerless against, to the accent. against the draw. Yeah. And he said something like, yeah, I'm from Tennessee. And he said... He said, so this is my favorite pickup line. Are you from Tennessee? Because you're the only 10 I see. And I was Aww. like, all right. He said that right to me. I'm sure of it. <laughs> you're like, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I know he was talking to me. I know it. <laughs> Stupid grad school brain. You're like really kind of in the depths of hell. And anytime anything positive happens, you hang on to it for like that's yeah, weeks that's at fair. a time. Yeah. It's upsetting. <laughs> Oh, man. I hope sometimes there's little pieces of me that hopes we get really popular. And then there are pieces where I'm like, if that part could just die. (laughs) If it's just our parents listening to us, that's okay, too. (laughs) Okay, so what's good with you this week? What you got on the docket? I was going to say, I have a black thumb. 
Oh. Oh. Yeah. In the sense that you kill everything. I kill. Well, I kill all plants. Okay. I love plants. I think they're so beautiful and pretty. And if I could fill my whole house with live plants, I would very much would. But every plant I've ever owned, including cactuses, tend to die. Destruction immediately. Yeah, I, I really try. I think I either overwater or I underwater or they get too much. Like I just, I you can't smother figure, them. <laughs> yeah, I can't figure out like each one has their own needs and I can't figure it out. I just try to blanket it and it doesn't work. You're in charge of keeping people alive, but plants, no plants, go. I can't do it. I remember when I wanted to even get like a cat, I was like, I don't know. I can't keep a plant alive. But I was like, okay, I could, I think I can figure out a cat. And I, mammals, so much easier. Mammals are okay. Yeah. But that's why my house is covered in fake plants and Joanna Gaines, you can suck it. I'm sorry. I, I like my fake plants. I can't keep alive ones. So yeah. I'm going to decorate with fake because they live forever. It's fine. If you can't. Yeah. And you can find some that look silky and kind of real. Yeah. I, mean. I heard something like if you, well, this is maybe not going to work for you, but if you mix a certain ratio of fake plants with real plants, then People it actually, know. they all look real. Ooh. Yeah. But maybe it, that's a trick I should play. That means that you would have to keep alive a couple real right. plants, <laughs> which may be beyond. I just have to have like some on standby. So when they die, I can replace them. <laughs> Anything that. <laughs> <laughs> Anything that's made up of what's that chemical chlorophyll? Mm. That's not your thing. I I just I want to I want it to be. I I just haven't figured it out. Have you ever drank chlorophyll water? No. Yeah. Can like that sounds dangerous. I listen. One time I got it. Well, a couple times. <laughs> This five or six more times, I got a massage and they gave me chlorophyll water afterwards. Whoa. I don't even know 100% what that did or what it is, but I'm basically part plant right now. Okay. So, yeah. Anyway, well, sorry you can't keep plants alive. I know. I just, uh, just a fun fact. Fun about facts. Me killing things. <laughs> okay. My what's good is that I can poop anywhere. <laughs> I'm just going to like... What a magical skill to have. <laughs> I just, really? I just want to let people know that I could poop anywhere. I'm not a nervous pooper. Well, actually, so here's the fun fact. A long time ago, I co- coined what I thought was a new term called nervous poops, where if I got nervous, oh. I would have to poop. Yeah, that's actually pretty legitimate. Turns out real. it's just fucking IBS. <laughs> I just, but anxiety can make you have to go to the bathroom more. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Well, yeah. And anyway, and, and it's a fucking medical condition. But because of that, because I have this condition, I don't know if it's clinical yet. I'm, you guys, I'm deeply, deeply afraid of doctors. I hate to engage. I, I just, the healthcare system and me do not get along. I'm which just so not interested. Which is ironic and funny. Yeah. Like, I just can't, which is why I empathize a lot with my patients who come into the room. And I'm just like, I, I know. I get it, man. I yeah. know. I know you don't want to be here. I also would not want to be here. But right. so anyway, I had to learn the skill of being able to poop anywhere at any time in a very quick sort of fashion. And I consider myself an expert if there is such a thing. That's an impressive thing, honestly. Yep. A lot of people really struggle with that. I have no shame at all about it. I do not care about sounds. I do not right. care about who's available to have the sensory experience that I'm going to present them with. Like, I don't give a shit. No pun intended. Quite literally. I don't care. No shit. Well, actually, lots of shit's given. <laughs> that is my fun fact. Sorry, uh, everybody. That's funny. For that brain image. So this week, we're going to talk first about how the outside of the pad experiment went. I continue to do my deep breathings and my meditations, and I'm mm-hmm. trying to be mindful of my boundaries and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And I feel like I've been doing pretty well overall with mm-hmm. each of those mm-hmm. i 
I like that. And how do you know that you, what will tell you that you are stable enough in that behavior change that now you're going to be moving forward? Like what tells you, okay, I need to add something versus I need to just stick with this thing and just keep it rolling? Well, A, I want to continue to stick with those things like pretty much just forever because they're good things. Yeah. But to add more on, I think I want them to be more of my routine. And -hmm. right now I'm still having to really take the intention and the time. You know, I'm still very much having to kind of convince myself and and be very aware. Mm -hmm. It's not quite just habit. Yeah. I've heard it takes 21 to 28 days to form a new habit, but I'm unconvinced of that. Mm -hmm. I feel like it takes a lot longer for me personally. I I can't. I just, and I would have to be doing it every single day. Right. The only way that would work is if you're literally doing, yeah, if you're very consistent on all of those 30 days and the reality of change is not that. Right. Not at all. Not even close. Okay. Uh, for homework, yeah, I tried, okay, uh, you guys, so I, there is something called the levels of validation, which we can talk about at another podcast, where you can basically either do something level one, like be physically present and just listen to somebody's experience mm-hmm. and acknowledge that you've heard it all the way up to level six, which is basically you're being totally genuine in that moment, you're totally engaging with their experience, you're not holding anything back. Etc. And probably as a coping skill, I have always now been at level six. Like I joke that there's fight, flight, and validate. So like when I get nervous, I just start validating stuff that I shouldn't be validating. I just like panic, and I'm like, okay, if I make you feel good, you'll go away. Here's these crunchy num noms. Get out! Like I just the monster is here. I'm gonna just feed it crunchy num noms and get it away from me. And that isn't really the best sometimes because then people who are maybe toxic like latch on. Yeah. So like, trying to you gave me some crunchies. Yeah. <laughs> I love those crunchies. And so I'm trying to do less of that. And I was actually having such a hard time catching myself doing this that I had a good friend of mine read a uh, let's call it a text conversation that I had that I felt so uncomfortable afterwards. I was like, oh. I know this is somewhere in there there is a narcissistic flavor with this person. Uh I can feel it. I can feel it in the earth. I can feel it in the water. And I know it's happening, but I can't get out. I'm trapped. Like I just, I'm I'm trapped. So I had another friend of mine who also, he happens to be a psychologist, read it. And his face was like, oh no, Sonny. Oh no. And he just kept shaking his head. And I had him point out each point. The things that you were saying that Mm -hmm. were too much yeah too validating and he offered me some alternatives of things to say and he you know validated my experience of just saying like yeah that's definitely narcissism this is how this happens to you dude you've got to get out of here Mm. earlier and so i just want to share that with the audience to say that have somebody who's trusted look through it and even if they're not a professional just give general impressions maybe have a couple person persons who you trust look through what you've got going on especially if it's written because they can give you a different perspective when you're yeah trapped in your own yeah when you're feeling like something doesn't feel right about this and it didn't feel good to me but i'm not really sure what i'm doing wrong yeah i can always tell that when i've gotten in a relationship with somebody who is narcissistic when i start to feel this like weird 
panic and this strange like confusion and this as if I'm like in a fun house. That's how mm. I know. I'm like, oh, something bad is happening. Something bad is happening. And I try to avoid it, but then I just get really panicked and I just validate more. Right. It's a vicious cycle. It, it, it really is. And that's kind of the way with a lot of situations is it it can become a vicious cycle which is why you have to get outside perspective oh man yeah (laughs) fortunately a lot of my friends are psychologists (laughs) it's (laughs) self-serving well you guys are saving me years of therapy just send me the bill right (laughs) i don't know at this point i don't even know so yes i empathize i guess what i'm saying is with the clients and with the listeners here so this week we're going to talk a little bit about Self-compassion. Self-compassion. Yeah. yeah. And the reason why we're talking about self-compassion this week is because we talked so extensively about narcissism last week mm-hmm. that self-compassion can sometimes be an antidote to narcissistic behaviors after you've experienced them right. as well as before you get into it so that you can prevent yourself from getting into it. Right. Basically, it's it's a way to care for yourself. And the more that you care for yourself, the more you will put those boundaries in place, it will help you be a happier, healthier person Mm -hmm. in all capacities. Yes, it will. It really will. So self-compassion, let's first start out by talking about what is it? What is it and what is it not? So it's feeling some love, warmth, and respect for yourself, and then applying that through behaviors and changing of maybe thinking patterns or old habits. So noticing what you're feeling, mm-hmm. staying with it, mm-hmm. making statements and behaviors that you would make for a friend. Yeah. Think about, I mean, the critical voice in your head. Would you ever talk to your best friend the way that you talk to yourself? Like, do you, do you, would you ever put your best friend down? the way that you put yourself down. And self-compassion is kind of turning that script and actually building yourself up mm-hmm. the way that you would build up your best friend. Yeah. Or if you even, like, let's say if you have a kid, yeah. would you talk to your child that way? Would you right. talk to a little one, a two-year-old, a three-year-old, the way you talk to yourself? Then then no, man, you're not. This you're not is, showing self-compassion. Yeah. Yeah. And, I actually use my dog <laughs> because my dog is the sweetest angel oh that's my ever gosh. She is the most adorable little floof. I won't even say a negative thing to her face. <laughs> and so <laughs> I will maybe say a negative thing to mine occasionally. I'm like, dude, <laughs> you're getting on my nerves. <laughs> my dog is very delicate. And so I would talk to – I try to remember to talk to myself like I would talk to her. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know me and my handouts. I have one that what self-love looks like. Oh, yeah, the behaviors, like lay it on me. For, for, again, asking for a friend. (laughs) (laughs) Knowledge. Taking the time to know who you are, what you like, and what you don't like. Oh, that can be a form of self-love. I didn't, it's funny because we talked about that with the values. way in the beginning. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so values can be a form of self-love. Yes. Okay. So, this is blowing my mind. Yeah. <laughs> so again, taking an inventory, asking yourself, how am I feeling? Does this work for me? What feels true? Which comes, kind of comes back to that narcissism. What actually feels true to you? Not what, what is your somebody, gut saying? Yeah. Not what somebody else is defining. Right. Compassion. Being loving and kind to yourself always in all ways. Ooh, okay. That seems like it would be hard across contexts. So for me, I can see myself, I can anticipate having a difficult time with that in like a work situation mm-hmm. because- Getting critical of yourself for- mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Getting critical of myself or, or just thinking I should be able to do more. 
Yeah. Like this week I had to call out sick. (laughs) Y'all, I have, okay. In the past, let me just share that I have hit a deer halfway through an hour and a half drive to work, turned around, driven my car back home with a cracked windshield, got in a different car and drove that hour and a half back to work just so that I can make sure to see patients. Yeah. So that's the kind of level of like, dedication commitment commitment. yeah Yeah, that i'm that i'm coming at things with but like this week i had to leave because i was really not halfway through the day halfway through the day it's not like she called in sick in the morning she was like leaving halfway through the day because it was that bad yeah and i that would be an act of self-compassion like in all things especially in an environment where you you just even though you normally don't feel that way i I was trying to practice it because i knew we were doing this episode Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of like i was doing the homework in advance (laughs) Yeah. And so with that, the next is slowing down, being able to recognize what is happening internally and giving yourself permission to take it easy. Mm. So That's my turtle skills. Again. Coming into, coming into flow. The awareness. Yes. That awareness of, of where you are at and honoring it and respecting it without yes. expecting it to be something different than what it is. Yeah. Loving it's okay. it. Yeah. It's okay to be struggling, like accepting it. Mm-hmm. And so with that, so there is forgiveness, forgiving yourself for the mistakes or shortcomings, and then accepting, even in doubt, loving and completely accepting yourself. It's okay if you're not in a place that you want to be. That doesn't mean that you can't still get to that place. Be compassionate to where you are, considering all the different things going on. Yes. I will say that uh, for those of us who are higher in self-criticism, as I have disclosed that I am, forgiveness self-forgiveness is particularly challenging for me but i can get to self-acceptance a little easier i can Mm. accept like all right that's just a stupid thing i said you know or i can like because it's not a fan of that but it happened yep this is this has occurred choices (laughs) choices were made choices have been made (laughs) decisions decisions happened and that's life and i can move on i may not be able to change my language and say like hey you know everybody makes mistakes it's okay but i can just be like well, that occurred. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And it, yeah, for sure. There's there's a double-sided coin. Mm-hmm. Uh, self-care. So that means giving baths, manicures, reading, cooking, running, organizing, sleep, connection. You know, whatever it is that actually fills your bucket, taking the time to do that. Watching Lord of the Rings, snuggled in a blanket, with your dog inside of the blanket burrito, Ooh. drinking a martini that you made that is filled with peaches and other lovely fruits and being just slightly drunk while watching Lord (laughs) of the Rings. I mean, frankly, that's, that's my self care right there. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Uh, Making space internally. So like a form of meditation and then also externally with like your closets. For me personally, again, I talked about cleaning. If my house is a hot mess, I feel like a hot mess. So I have to make my space well. And then I also have to take that time to slow down and internally make my space well. Listen, my space can look bananas <laughs> and reflect the inside of my head. And I don't really feel it. But I think it it depends on the person you it are. It does. Right? But my it's- internal space, that'll be a problem for me if I don't clear that out. Yeah. Meditating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, commitment. So being willing to focus solely and relentlessly on what is healthy and feels good for you. Mm. So being really committed to putting yourself first. Like, again, I know that that's really hard to do with the lives that we lead and how many people we feel responsible for taking care of. 
and you know whether it's family children what have you but again we we can't be fully there for them if you're not fully there for yourself yeah and i think i actually was talking to a couple of clients this week about the same thing we can choose what values we want even if we haven't expressed them before mm-hmm. and very often i will encourage people who are coming to therapy with me to at least somewhat put into play either a value of mental health or a value of self-compassion or a value globally of health because clearly it is important to them in some way if they're showing up to therapy right and so i will also encourage like consider what it looks like each week when you decide to put that value of health or mental health or self-compassion at the top yeah how much different has your day went when you actually took the time for yourself right and and it does mean that we've talked about like sometimes your values can conflict my value of helping other people often conflicts with my value of mental health Mm -hmm. and so you need to know where in the priority list it is and know what context it's in and make sure that that value is being put first. Right. And through behavior. Yeah. And that's this, the last one on this is boundaries. So saying yes when you want to do it and saying no when you don't want to do it. So that just go totally mm-hmm. correlates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So what is self-compassion not? Like this is in <laughs> – I actually made a lot of these mistakes thinking that self-compassion was something that it was not in the very beginning. So – Because I come from a kind of cultural background where self-compassion is a luxury that I don't always feel like I super had Mm -hmm. uh, growing up, just kind of in the the neck of the woods that I was a part of. Yeah. And so it was kind of like a dirty word. And it was just like, what is that hippie shit was basically (laughs) the the framework that everybody looked at it with. So what is it not? It's not self-pity. It's not self-indulgence. It's not making excuses. It's not a lack of accountability. And it's not self-esteem, really, even. No, and, and it's just not being a dick, okay? Not being a narcissist, kind right, of reflecting right. onto that, you know, believing that your opinions or beliefs are the right ones, like really just being so self-focused that you're right. ignoring everything else. You can be compassionate towards yourself and also still throw kindness like glitter. Oh, I'll throw kindness like glitter. Yeah. That's very ke- Kesha And if you have you. to kill them with kindness, just shove the glitter down the throat. <laughs> <laughs> you hold their hair bag and you pour that multicolored sparkly stuff right in. You're going to love this. <laughs> this is for you. I made it special. Cooked it up. So why do we even need self-compassion? Like, what is it good for? How do we see it play out in clients who haven't, who don't? Like, what is the freaking point of this stuff? It's good because true happiness only comes from within. True peace comes from being able to hold love for yourself and sharing unconditional love with those who can reciprocate. And if you aren't showing yourself love, then you aren't going to fully be able to express love for others. You might think that you're expressing love for others, but you're really just, you're meeting their needs. Mm -hmm. You're not in that love flow. Yeah. Basically, just listen to Lizzo and that will show you what self-compassion is. Lizzo. (laughs) Oh, have you never listened to Lizzo? I mean, I feel like I've heard that name, but I'm just so disconnected from what's cool. Granny life. (laughs) Yeah. I really have. I've really embraced it. It's lovely. Yeah. Hey, that's okay, though. Like, you're you're into it. It's basically a lot about, like, body love, self-love, like, engagement in your genuine, authentic self, and just not being super apologetic about that. That's basically all the music. I'll send you some songs. Cool, cool. We could talk about it on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, it, 
if you have self-compassion, it can reduce Mm self-criticism. And so what that means is then it reduces tension, anxiety, shame, and guilt, and it improves your acceptance. It also tends to reduce the time you spend on ruminations. Right. So like it, I'm again, high in self-criticism. And so I spend a lot of time, if I'm not really focused on it, reworking things I've done and said over and over and over again in the day. And who felt this way about me, who felt what way about me, whether I hurt their feelings, whether it's not okay, or it is okay. And if you practice self-compassion, if you say to yourself like, well, that's a thing that occurred. So there's really not much you can do right. now I to help said it. it. I can't take it back. That's how it is. Yeah. And people do stuff like this all the time, even taking it a step further, like, you're okay. Like, you're a little awkward. And I love that about you. You're yeah, an, you're an I've been awkward told, beast. I don't know how many times that I'm weird. And I've actually started to take it as a compliment. It's yeah. like, yeah, hell right. I'm weird. Like, woo woo. <laughs> <laughs> hell right. <laughs> hell right. I'm weird. <laughs> you don't say any weird sayings, man. <laughs> hell right. So yes, exactly. It reduces your ruminations. It kind of helps you move on. And we can use self-compassion for basically anything like yes. if you have suffered narcissistic abuse or emotional abuse if you have complex ptsd or mm-hmm. trauma if you have anxiety whew, it's good for anxiety yeah. overachievers remember the mind is super effing power and powerful and everything is interconnected so our perspective is is going to become a self-fulfilling prophecy so if you're building yourself up and you're saying like i'm a badass i can take this hell yeah mm-hmm. it's okay that you did this thing keep trucking man that's gonna that's gonna motivate you that's gonna give energize you whereas if you beat yourself down that's gonna drain you that's gonna make you doubt yourself and again that doubt is gonna become a self-fulfilling prophecy whereas that uplifting success like that uplifting i'm a badass is gonna mm-hmm. help you drive through nasty things and be okay on the other end right and and self-compassion is not about like you don't have to make up fibs about yourself like no. i'm not organized i'm just not oh i like to- yeah i get you and i'm not gonna be like wow you are really organized <laughs> and together and like responsible i'm not gonna like tell myself you responsible well thank you i appreciate that internally that is not a skill set that i would necessarily praise myself for Fair. but i know what i am good at and I know and you build those parts up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I would say, hey, you're funny and you try hard and you're a little yes. awkward. You make people feel comfortable, though. Like yeah. that is something that I would reinforce for myself and talk positively to myself about. Right. Not something that I don't actually believe. Like I right. would want to find something that actually feels genuine. True. Definitely. But if you are at a point in your life that you're so low that you can't find anything. Like right now you're sitting here thinking, I can't find anything good about myself. I want you to add what if. What if I'm enough? Mm. What if I'm trying the hardest that I can try with the circumstance that I'm in? Mm. If you can't build yourself up and just straight up just call yourself good names, add the what if. Yeah. You can find other people who have told you you can think of in the past. Like, yeah, different. What did the teacher tell me? Yeah. What did the teacher tell me? always remember the criticisms. Yeah. (laughs) What did the friend tell me? What did the person at the pet store tell me? Even if it's something really, really basic. Basically, like once you learn self-compassion, you learn how to be more flexible and less affected by those external forces. So like if somebody comes up and does criticize you, you're like, okay, sure. Your words are fluff. Like Mm -hmm. I know who I am. I know what I've done. I know that I was trying my best. Maybe I could have done better, but that was the best that I could do with that with what I had. Yeah. 
<laughs> like, sorry, Charlie. Uh, it is what it is. Don't come at me with your bullshit. <laughs> there is this other, this is a total non sequitur. There's this other podcast that me and my partner listen to. It's called The Rosillo Show. It's like a sports podcast, but there's, oh. this, there's a section. I'm not, I actually really, I'm kind of a little jockey. I really do like sports, but I don't like to watch sports. I don't care about. You like playing it more so? Yeah, I like playing it and stuff like that. But there's a life advice section on this podcast. And there was one part of life advice where he was like, I had a situation where I was engaged to somebody. Then that person who was engaged to me, maybe something like broke up with me or cheated on me with a friend and later said something like, that was the best I could do at that time. And he was like, cheating on me with my friend was the best you could do at that time. And so I literally will like, when I do some real gnarly shit, I will just be like, it is the best I could do at that time. It's like a running joke in our household. But like, don't be that person. Right, like, right, right. Like, don't yeah. do real hardcore nonsense bullshit no. and then say it was the best you could do. But, like, legit, if you did try and yeah. it was the best you could do, yeah, throw down with that throw, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't use it as an excuse, again, to <laughs> to basically shut down somebody else Yeah, with and- their feedback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I also wanted to add that, like, almost none of my clients, when they first come into session, have yes. this. That's, yeah. Basically, if you're coming to therapy, you lack some uh, some level of self-compassion. Right. The It usually plays out where people end up talking to themselves self-critically, mm-hmm. and a lot of the suffering that they are having is related to their own patterns and negative thoughts about themselves and beating themselves up. Right. And then engaging in unhealthy situations for too long because they're shitting on themselves. Right. And They're keeping themselves stuck in that pattern of just put downs and I'm not good enough. And so now because I'm not good enough, then then this is what I accept from others, mm-hmm. which keeps me stuck with that person mm-hmm. and, and or situation. Further, further puts me down yeah. and reinforces the fact that I'm a piece of shit. Right. Yeah. Right. And so it's it's an endless cycle. And usually one of the best measures of whether you've gotten out of therapy successfully is what's your level of self-kindness mm-hmm. and self-compassion. And so we're going to talk about some ways you might be able to tell if you're low in self-compassion or people who maybe might struggle with self-compassion. So what do you think? Who are people who tend to struggle and how do you know if you're low in self-compassion? I think, again, with a lot of these diagnoses, if you have depression, you have anxiety, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, a lot of adjustment disorders. I mean, a mm-hmm. lot of the things... PTSD. PTSD. They, all, they involve self, the lack of self-compassion. You're, you're basically just being mean to yourself. And your standards for yourself are extreme, and you'd never have those kind of expectations of others. Right. If you were raised in, one, a traumatic environment, you're unlikely to have high Mm self-compassion. If you were raised in a culture with kind of a stiff upper lip mentality, then, Mm -hmm. again, you might be low in self-compassion. One way to assess it, there's actually a researcher for self-compassion who I absolutely love, Kristen Neff, N as in Nancy, E-F-F. This person has study after study after study on self-compassion, and you can literally Google the self-compassion scale by Kristen Neff. It's both valid and reliable, which means we could do a whole podcast on research of scale measurements. Reliability means that like across different samples, it's right. kind of it's measuring. consistent. Yeah, it's measuring the same thing. And valid is it's measuring what it says it's measuring. Right. So there are some possible questions that they could have on this self-compassion scale would be 
when I'm feeling down, I tend to obsess and fixate on everything that's wrong. When things are going bad for me, I see the difficulties as part of life that everyone goes through. When I think about my inadequacies, it tends to make me feel more separate and cut off from the other people in the world. Mm, yeah. Or I try to be loving towards myself when I'm feeling emotional pain. These are questions that are on this self-compassion rating scale that I often use with clients. And I just kind of show them back like, hey, right. this is maybe one reason if you're really low on self-compassion why you may be struggling more. Yeah, definitely. And again, I think that every human being at some point in their life struggles with self-compassion. You know, our society is built up to criticize and to judge and to, yeah. So somebody posts a picture and instead of, you know, having like, wow, you look great. People are putting other people down. You know, it's, it's been, the society has been reinforced to be critical. Mm-hmm. And so we get to become critical of ourselves when that's, it's just not, it's not a good way to be. Yeah. I mean, it's it's easy to be that way, but it's not it's not a good way to be. Yeah. Western culture, again, and we've said this a million times, is achievement-oriented, mm-hmm. solo-focused, focus on finances, wealth, competition. Right. And when you've got all of that kind of focus, it's really hard because that's all external. Yes. It's really hard to focus internally on what you're doing well. Yeah. And remember, everything's interconnected. So if you have low self-compassion, if you are treating yourself like shit, eventually your body will begin to suffer from the abuse that you're putting on yourself. You will start to have physical symptoms because of your mental meanness. Remember how I talked about how I can poop anywhere? (laughs) (laughs) This is maybe related and I maybe should not be so excited about this fact. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, seriously, like... uh, If I was just like opening up internal dialogue for myself, it would be like, oh, well, you have all these things to do today. And if you don't get them done, it means something negative about yourself. That creates kind of like a a level of anxiety or I don't know. I'm kind of a lexithymic. I have a hard time labeling my feelings, but like some kind of level of distress. And then it will physically come out quite literally as poop. (laughs) It's just like. Purge the shoot quite literally (laughs) metaphorically. Your body is like fight or flight. It's like, I'm going to fucking evacuate this system. Whereas I, mine starts to build up slowly in my system and I start to get like acne. I start to have like kind of sweating issues Mm -hmm. or like. My hair is kind of getting kind of, you know, dull and yeah. falling out kind of shit. You yeah. Know? yeah. I have some stomach stuff too that happens too with mm-hmm. just digestive stuff where maybe I do have a little bit of shits too. <laughs> <laughs> We're just revealing a lot. We are. We're what? being real honest, guys. Be more specific about sweating issues because I'm very interested in exploring that. <laughs> I, 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 get, I get a little moist. You're a sweaty teddy. I can be. Okay. I can be. <laughs> Like, if I was going to try and grab your arm, you could escape really easily. Uh, yeah. I just go limp noodle and I just whizzle my way out. Uh, escape, escape. Yeah, exactly. So, like, having really active self-criticism does activate your fight or flight response. Yes. Because it is – your mind cannot differentiate between an external threat and the environment. We always yes. use the example of, like, a saber-toothed tiger. It doesn't know if you're going to get hit by a dump truck or if you are just literally crapping on yourself. It right. cannot it tell. It can't the tell. Difference. Either way, it's distressing and it's like, we need to get the fuck out. Yeah. So it's like trying to tell you. Yeah. By by amping you up in various ways. And if if you're just residually doing that to yourself, there's going to be long-term yeah. body things. Physical effects. Yeah. I mean, I think about people with 
depression who end up developing diabetes or, oh, yeah. you know, like that heart kind of stuff conditions. too. Yeah, heart conditions. Mm-hmm. It, it happens. <laughs> that shit gives you cancer. Like, <laughs> I mean, basically. Yeah. Quite literally. And self-criticism can actually be contagious too, so it can affect yes. other people. Yeah. Because when you are self-critical, it models to other people that that behavior is acceptable. So if you have people around you who you like to help them be a little less self-critical, a little more self-compassionate, you would need to model that skill yourself. Right. Yeah. If you're walking around people and telling them like, I'm a piece of shit and this, I'm terrible this way. Like that that draws in more people who are like, oh, like this is what we talk about. Like, this is how we say things. Mm -hmm. Like, you're like, yeah, you did really poor there. Like, instead of (laughs) building you up. like, (laughs) Oh my God, I would cry. I'm like fragile about that sort of stuff. Like, always tell me I'm doing good or at least like, give me the sandwich. I need like a lot of positive reinforcement before you give me negative reinforcement. I'll take it. I will. But I just need the balance. Right. Well, fun fact with any kind of feedback, if you want them to listen and actually change sandwich it with good feedback so give them a positive thing here's what you did really well yeah here's what i'm liking here's maybe what i'm not liking and again here's another thing that i like so sandwich the negative feedback between two positives yeah yeah and and you will get a better response yeah i've heard i don't know if you guys ever watched the big lebowski but it's (laughs) it's that phenomenon of like you're not wrong you're just an asshole (laughs) like you need to really it's okay to be direct but there is a way to be direct and also soften the blow a little bit you can't just be an asshole outright it's not gonna get anything done right so anyway going back to self-compassion what could we do to actually increase our self-compassion Checking in with that internal dialogue. So first and foremost, reflect and take a little bit of time to become aware of what you're saying to yourself. Become aware of what you're focusing on. Where am I putting my energy? What am I saying? What am, what am I liking and disliking? Do that inventory. Like I, to me, that's kind of step one with self-compassion. Right. You could, yeah, you could try the self-compassion scale. Just like what are the oh, thoughts yeah. that are going on? Yeah. That's just step one. Assess. Assess. Take some time to breathe and slow down. Uh, do a little bit of gratitude. Like reflect on what you're even thankful for, mm-hmm. right? I mean, sometimes we can't yet acknowledge what we like about ourselves, but we can acknowledge what we are thankful for, even if it's outside of ourselves. Yeah. And I like to add on to that one with patience. So what I'll do first is I'll be like, okay, say what you're grateful for. And then I will have them the next week be like, say what you're grateful for and what you did to make that happen. <gasps> I love it. How you were the person who had some role in making that happen. So one thing I often end up being grateful for is that I have the best friends like literally on the planet. I love them all so much. They're Mm. like the Amazons from the Mascara. They guard me like with spears (laughs) and swords and they're so, they're all like beautiful and fierce and I just love them, right? That is something I can like engage with deeply and say that I'm grateful for, but then I have to turn it around on myself and I have to say, what did I do to help create that situation? And that part I get like really gun shy about because I don't want to give myself any credit for anything. But it ends up being a good exercise because then I can think like, okay, well, why would fierce mascara women want to hang out with me? Like I must be doing something right. I must be doing something right to have these kind of good friends. Yeah. For sure. Like these kind of women wouldn't stick around for a piece of shit. Yeah, just anything. So it's like at least if I'm not like, oh, I'm actively really good, I can say like, well, I must not be actively really bad (laughs) right right yeah start small (laughs) yeah for sure get a little bit of sleep some of these 
coping skills or things that are, are thrown out. It's all easier said than done when we're when we're struggling or stressing or having other issues. But if you're not getting rest to some degree, you're probably not going to be very kind to yourself. Like, <laughs> oh man, sleep makes me a demon. I turn yes. into an actual demon if I, I haven't slept. I guess. Yeah, agreed. To myself and to others. Yeah, I hang sleep and food. Like if yeah. I'm if I am hungry or sleep deprived, the mean beast will yeah. lash out. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's at myself or others, somebody's getting cut. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Self compassion is a lot about physical self compassion. Yeah. So making sure you're in comfortable clothing, making mm-hmm. sure you are in soft surroundings. Um, there's a dialectical behavioral therapy skill called um, make the moment better or improve the oh, moment. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like that. Right. So like put up a blanket for it and some twinkle lights, baby. It sounds stupid, but you want to take care of your body physically as if you were nurturing a small child or mm-hmm. an infant. So that's one way, just making sure you're sleeping, making sure you're eating, getting water, getting exercise. your medicines, exercise, yep, which is why we started with that. Yeah. Then another level could be guided meditations. Definitely. And when you Google Kristen Neff self-compassion and you click on that website, there is a series of exercises, y'all, that she has made this phrase. She's an angel of light. I've never met her. I don't know. She seems like an angel of light. And when you click on these exercises, it gives you like, there is a whole section on Damn. guided meditations. I love it. Just like a whole shit ton of guided meditations. The guided meditations that I've been really enjoying are basically go to YouTube and write meditation and Rasa. R-A-S-A. What is that? Her name is Rasa. Okay. And she's got a little bit of an accent and she's just got a very soothing voice. And she has a multitude of guided meditations that are kind of self-compassion related. And you can do little journeys with your... Oh, like you know, imagery and stuff. Imagery stuff. Ooh, yeah, yeah. That's fun. So, I like imagery. Yeah. I think she's had got some great stuff for meditation. Another easy skill to use is called supportive touch. Mm, so Yeah, hugs and stuff. Yeah. So this is going to sound so corny, but basically one thing that I will do is if I'm like having a really, really, really hard day, I will put my hands over my heart because sometimes it feels like my heart's going to fall out of my chest. So I'll like hold it and say yeah. like... I love you, heart. I love you. Just holding that part of your body that's ailing or hurting. Yeah, those are actual somatic, which is physical, techniques that are often used where you you legitimately kind of hug yourself and hold Mm -hmm. yourself in. Mm -hmm. And you do kind of breathing exercises while holding yourself. Mm -hmm. And I know, again, it sounds cheesy, Mm -hmm. but it actually can be very stabilizing and calming. Yeah. You can run your hands through your own hair. Like, have you guys ever had your head pet? And your head pet is like, what is happening? How good that is. That's why people love going, you know, getting their hair done sometimes (sighs) too. Like, Yes. Or like getting a massage where somebody runs their hand through your hair. Yeah. If you run your hands through your own hair, just like gently as if you were doing a self-massage, that can be a really calming, stabilizing self compassion experience same with if you place your hands over your stomach and just kind of like slowly rub your stomach or Mm -hmm. you put your hands on your face and like kind of run your fingers over your face like a feather touch kind of light all of that is very self-compassionate and it also calms the nervous system right it does it legitimately does I mean, maybe don't do it in public, but I (laughs) – Yeah, whatever. Whatever you want to do. Let them think what they want to think. I've definitely been on – Maybe leave you alone. (laughs) Definitely (laughs) been on public transportation, like touching my own face. I 100% look like I'm on psychedelics, like shrooming out, just having the stoniest day of my life on public transportation. Like, yeah, buddy, let me touch my face. My face feels so nice right now, guys. Y'all don't don't even know. (laughs) Even doing like a laughter exercise, okay, this sounds silly, 
A, you can watch something that makes you laugh. Mm -hmm. But B, you can just start to make yourself laugh. Like, just start fake laughing, Mm -hmm. and eventually you will start legitimately laughing. Right. And it releases those endorphins. It releases those chemicals in our body that can uplift us a little bit. Right. That's another way. Cuddling with your pets. Cuddling Mm. with pets is self-compassion. Oh, at the highest level. Asking yourself, what would I tell a friend instead? Yes. Just a quick, what would I tell a friend about this? What would I tell a child about this? Or imagine yourself, this is, let's get some woo-woo vibes up in here. (laughs) If we haven't already. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we're looking up animal symbolism at this point, so whatever, guys. So imagine yourself as a hurting child, as your younger version of yourself. Mm. Imagine that you are playing, that you are laughing as this young child. Imagine yourself solving a problem or imagine yourself just acting how you would think of how you actually looked think of how you actually acted yeah and then imagine that your adult self is there and that that child has been hurt in some way yes and talk to the kid Mm -hmm. out loud if you have to yeah write a letter to the kid yeah that's a legitimately good exercise is kind of reflecting on some of those times where as a child you can remember how painful and difficult something was mm-hmm. and you go you mentally take yourself back there but you take yourself back there like you said as an adult and you comfort that child and mm-hmm. and try to say you know that wasn't your fault that you got your ass beat like yeah. it really wasn't that yeah. you had no no reason for that they had no right to do whatever they did yeah and you were just a kid doing that it can be really cathartic, mm-hmm. uh, which just means that it can feel really good. Yeah. I have a lot of patients that are like, you know, stone cold killers. They're just <laughs> like, they don't even, they're not on the self-compassion train. And I love them for that because I also feel that same way. And one time <laughs> this patient had come to me from a different therapist. And I tend to have kind of like a more no-nonsense style. Mm-hmm. Like it, I am touchy-feely, but only after a while. Like yeah. once we've all gotten to know each other here, I don't find that starting that way is like really like people don't really respond to that I've noticed in me at least probably because it's not genuine like (laughs) I'm like that's just not my vibe yeah but it is when I really like when we get to know each other over time yeah and so (laughs) I'm this patient who I love more than anything and he was like let's say his name was John he was like this other fucking therapist used to ask me what would big John tell little John I don't know that's stupid (laughs) and I would like I would die laughing and then it was like at the very end of session and I was like we really do need to work on self-compassion though so like what would big John tell little John (laughs) coming like a joke yeah Yeah. as as a joke and you can like make fun of it a little bit like that's fine just get a little humor involved like no it's gonna feel a little bit silly it's not that big of a deal try not to take yourself too seriously while you're doing which, this which again is a root of self-compassion don't take yourself too seriously acknowledge that you know you're just trying to figure it out and sometimes we just have to throw shit at the wall till something sticks yeah right? i did my best i did the best i, I could best I at that time <laughs> <laughs> that was your best <laughs> oh, <I'm man>. sorry. <laughs> so yes uh. also we can just even go to affirmations and yeah um any kind of encouraging fr- phrases that'll work too if you can't come up with <laughs> something genuine or organic store-bought is fine oh yeah i mean you can google affirmations definitely there's a lot of them out there that are great and again if it doesn't resonate with you if it doesn't feel right then either a don't use it or b add what if what if right so what can you expect if you do use self-compassion skills 
I you can expect at first that it's going to feel awkward as f. Mm-hmm. And and at first you're not going to be it's not going to feel like it's working. It's you're not going to be able to relax. Again, just right. like anything, you have to train your mind and body. It's going like, to take weeks and months. Yeah, you know, a, a skilled athlete does not all of a sudden just start playing at the pro level. Like it takes them a while to train their body and their mind to respond and react in that way. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take you some time for that to feel natural. So it's going to feel really uncomfortable and you're going to feel like you're making shit up kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Often. You're like, what kind of? Like, this is the hokiest (laughs) bullshit I've ever done. (laughs) What in therapy hell am I doing? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Like, Uh. I I will share that I was like voluntold to go to a self-compassion training, not because I was having problems, I think. Jeez, I hope not. Now I'm reflecting (laughs) on it and getting paranoid, but because they wanted me to just have an opportunity to learn about that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so resistant. What in the fuck are we doing right now? Like, I can't not with this but it actually like it, it probably took me about a year and they did these self, self-compassion skills pre middle and post but it did take me about a year of actually some weekly practice some of us who are a little more resistant it takes time so yeah. be yeah. careful with yourself so you'll notice it's hard at first the other thing is you may cry you may cry like yeah. a baby yeah which is okay let it happen let it happen <laughs> yep you may also really feel guilty for even taking time for yourself Sometimes we feel like we need to be productive. We have all these things on our to-do lists. So because we took freaking 10 minutes to just be mm-hmm. and reflect on ourselves, we're like, oh, I'm such a terrible human because I didn't give my jelly bean to somebody else. No. Oh, my God. I heard this saying the other day, and I felt so shady about it. I just, like, Ooh. am going to throw shade at it, but then now I'm, like, saying it. It actually is kind of nice. It's like, <laughs> am I am I a human being or am I a human doing and oh, I, I, it made me I so like thrown shade too, though. That, <laughs> the way that's worded is kind of like another whatever. therapist said that. And I was like, I uh, mean, it's fair. What? <laughs> it's fair. It made me so upset. But then also, if you think about it, it's like, am I just being here in this moment, or am I constantly trying to be productive? Yeah, at all times. Yeah, and and again, a big part of self compassion is that mindfulness. Is that is that grounding, bringing yourself to the present mm-hmm. moment, and letting yourself just explore and acknowledge what's happening internally. And, you know, sometimes because we haven't explored and acknowledged the past stuff, then that gonna it's going to come up in our present stuff. But again, explore and acknowledge it. Lean yeah. in. Yeah. I want to say there is a, I think it's like a Confucius quote mm. where it's something like there is much doing in the not doing oh. or much doing in the being. Mm-hmm. Something to the effect of like a lot of shit is actually happening when you are just calming down and being self-compassionate for a moment. And there's actually research to support that. Yeah. Like, for example, there is a term called incubation where when you stop solving a problem mentally – your mind is like actively running a background program when you choose not to think about it. When you choose to do something else, your mind is actually incubating on it and you're more likely to solve the problem faster when you take that break and you just totally do something different. Yes. So this is the same with self-compassion. There's a lot going on in the background when you're just chilling. You you have a lot of programs running back there in the subconscious that we're not aware of that are dictating and influencing how we're responding and reacting. Yeah. So take the time to to unplug a little. Yeah. And other things that you can expect when you try self-compassion skills is you're probably, for me, it helped me with improved authenticity. Mm. Didn't really feel like I needed to always be the best all the time. I felt like I could be a little bit more genuine just about, yeah. hey, like, I don't know. This is my weird out. Yeah. This is what I've got for you. (laughs) 
Oh, I love making tongue noises, you guys. <laughs> we're so sorry. Yeah, so sorry. We're sorry. Yeah, we're sorry. So anyway, you got improved authenticity and you may be able to actually get more done and better, believe it or not. So there's like a yes. weird- You're more effective, actually. Yeah, there's yeah. a side effect that happens where you're actually more productive. Because like, you in feel a more way. rejuvenated. Mm-hmm. You've Because you've taken the time to be compassionate with yourself and to explore and acknowledge all those things that are- our needs for yourself, you have more energy and more space to move forward on those other things. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So what do you want to try for outside of podcasts? So I have came a long way with my own personal Mm self-compassion. I used to have a very critical voice, but I do, it's been a long time since I've done kind of an inventory. Since I've really truly checked in with myself to be like, what ways am I caring for myself? What ways am I not? And are there still those moments where that mean, mean little kid starts kicking myself in the shin? Yeah. Or <laughs> yeah. Where did you know? I land? Basically. Yeah. yeah. So I, I want to kind of just do a check in with all of that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. You could try the inventory, the self compassion thing, yeah, or whatever. I'm gonna look that up for sure. Yeah. 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 That yeah. Sounds like a good plan. I'll I, start there. I should do that. If, if you can believe it, this is me improved. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is my fucking upside. You poor bunny. <laughs> I know. Like, Rabbit was a sinister, sinister monster. Us Slytherins, we have a hard time, man. But um, this is this is my improvement. I have I really have done my best. This was the best I could do at that <laughs> time. <laughs> so what I'm gonna try to remember, and this was actually something a supervisor told me and it was like this soothing balm that I just couldn't get out of my head and guy I hope one day she listens to this and she knows how much she helped me because she said Sonny you are a racehorse and Mm -hmm. not everybody's a racehorse and you need to remember that your C plus effort is going to be a lot of people's A plus effort and that is not to say that something is better than something else but it's to tell you that you can slow down in the race and you don't have to even win necessarily we know it's your nature to try and kind of like keep moving yeah the race is against yourself guys exactly the race is against yourself you are you're not running against the other horses you're running against you so try to do that C plus effort and just see if it's okay and where you can invest the rest of your time. Yeah. You can you can reallocate your time to something a little better. Yeah. So I'm just gonna remind myself of that phrase. I love like that. do C plus. You really are a racehorse though. You're I, impressive. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> that is not again, it doesn't always like land inside of me. Like I have yeah. this like fucking shield you can't up. you don't want to accept the, the compliments yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah again well, common common thing where like somebody criticizes us and we're like that's forever who i am <laughs> and then somebody says something really nice we're like whatever you don't even know dumb <laughs> <laughs> i will i'm going to try to let that in that is a harder area for me we could do a whole nother podcast on taking compliments but mm. I will at least try to remind myself that C plus effort is sometimes okay yes. and that you can actually redirect your your kind of good energies elsewhere and that could be all right too. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so <laughs> before we tell our joke, I want to actually make sure to mention that we do have a Patreon. Yes. And we do want you support to- Support us, please. Support, <laughs> please, sir. Can we have some more? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, it's share your string things on Patreon. 
also please keep in mind rate and review us give us compliments that i can't fucking accept like <laughs> like, like preface it with like i know sunny cannot yeah. intake this into her brain um rate us it helps give us more um visibility and if you could follow us and download that yeah. would be really really helpful to us we're help eventually us so we can better help you yeah we really do want to, we want to dive into this as deep as we can and and give you guys as much content and stuff to explore and better yourselves yeah as we can but we only have so much time so if you help us then we, we can, can have more time you. yeah we can have more time on our hands and then share your shrink things at gmail.com if you want to send us like topic requests or some kind of funny story that you'd like to us to read about mental health something like that yeah yeah give us a shout we'll be happy to look it over yeah we want to interact with you guys mm-hmm. so i'd like to close it with a uh, <laughs> what type of bird has the most compassion oh my gosh i don't know <laughs> tell me an owl, because it gives a hoot. Ah! <laughs> I like trying to make it. I try to make it loosely That's related. So great. Yeah, yeah. Hoot, hoot. It, uh, hoot, hoot. <laughs> anyway, my little hootlings, we love you, and <laughs> we will talk to you next week. Have yeah. a have a good week, guys. Great week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.